being at pod being a super introvert being a super introvert at pod was, was really challenging in a lot of ways but I think I went in with the mindset that I'm gonna try to do everything I'm gonna try to experience everything and just dive in and do it. I was there at the PowerPoint karaoke with Rebecca, and then we were at the regular karaoke and the dance party. And yes, we were huddled around a table and not singing or dancing. We were there and part of the experience. So I think that makes a big difference. Just jump in and just do it. Welcome to Centering Centers a Pod Network podcast exploring the work of teaching and learning centers and the vision and insights of educational developers. Pod is North America's largest educational development community, supporting members through professional learning and interaction. This podcast is produced by the Digital Resources and Innovation Committee. To get involved, email us, dri at podnetwork.org. In episode 53 of Centering Centers, we hear from three brand new educational developers who recently attended the POD conference in November of 2023. Grouped in the Getting Started two-day workshop, these new podsters share their key takeaways and reflections on their experience at the conference. This conversation will be of interest to those who are new to an educational development role, as well as to those who lead and mentor new educational developers, as each of the three brings a unique disciplinary perspective, and each is at very different places in their professional careers. Dr. Rebecca Conley joined the Department of Math and Statistics at St. Peter's University in 2016, and she has been the Director of Faculty Research and Development since 2022. She earned her BA in Mathematics and Political Science from Pace University, her MA in Pure Mathematics from Hunter College, and her PhD in Applied Mathematics from Stony Brook University. She is the PI of the LEAPS S STEM grant, which is in its third year and supports low-income, high-achieving students who are majoring in STEM. Dr. Liesl Reiners recently joined the Biggio Center for the Enhancement of Teaching and Learning at Auburn University after serving many years as Assistant Director of the Office of Continuing and Professional Development at the Harvard College of Business at Auburn. Her professional expertise includes educational research, leadership development, and coaching. She is passionate about helping students and faculty find their purpose and grow in the classroom and beyond. Diella Wiley joined the Biggio Center for the Enhancement of Teaching and Learning at Auburn in 2022 as a graduate teaching assistant and transitioned into a full-time role in 2023. She earned her BA in English in 2009, MA in English Literature in 2012, and a Master of Technical and Professional Communication degree in 2023 from Auburn. She has taught or developed curriculum in English and ESL in community colleges and at Auburn, and managed instructors who served underrepresented minority students. In her current role at the Biggio Center, she creates and facilitates teaching and learning professional development opportunities for Auburn's academic community, including facilitating the Teaching with AI course that has nearly 5,000 faculty learners from nearly 40 institutions across the country. 
I am so excited to welcome this panel of new educational developers. I'm going to start by asking you, DL, just introduce yourself and tell us about your role and what was your pathway to becoming an educational developer? I'm Diella Wiley. I'm an instructional development specialist here at the Big Ear Center at Auburn University. And in this role, I think I primarily spend a lot of time facilitating our teaching with AI course, and of course, working with faculty to support through workshops and consultations, etc. My background is in English and also in ESL. And so my pathway here was through many different departments and teaching experiences, and then a couple of graduate degrees. Um, Rebecca, can I invite you to introduce yourself next? Sure. My name is Rebecca Conley, and I am the Director of Faculty Research and Development at St. Peter's University, which is in Jersey City, New Jersey. I am a math faculty as well, so I'm like half-time math faculty, half-time educational development director, and I attended a lot of faculty development workshops. I was one of those people that just showed up to a lot of stuff, and so when the last director retired, I fell into this position in a way, so I don't have a ton of background in educational development, but I'm pretty excited to be doing it now. Awesome. And can you tell us just a little bit briefly about your institution? Um, sure. So we are a small liberal arts institution. We're a Jesuit university um, in an urban setting, Jersey City. Um, and we're primarily undergraduate, although we uh, recently, uh, our data science master's program has grown a lot. So we do have some graduate students as well. Great. And then we have as our third panelist for this conversation, Dr. Liesl Rainers, who um, will invite you to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your role and what was your pathway to getting into this role? So Liesl Reiners, I am the faculty and instructional development specialist at the Big O Center at Auburn University. Um, I have a little bit of an atypical, unusual route. Um, I've been a teacher for 32 years, first elementary ed, and then I was in student services since 2012, where I was a career coach and led a professional development series of required courses at the College of Business after being at the College of Veterinary Medicine. So I supervised 40 student workers, 15 instructors in a, in a series where we had to scale it for 5,000 um, undergraduate business students. I've been with Big EO um, this semester, and I'm excited about my new role um, where I'm coaching faculty and helping with workshops and events to um, just help, gosh, our instructors achieve their professional goals. Great. So you're all coming from different, very different disciplinary backgrounds. Obviously, Dylan, Liesl, you are here at Auburn University, but coming to your roles from very different backgrounds. So I wanted to ask a little bit about based on these different institutional cultures and experiences that you've had, I want to give each of you a chance to talk a little bit about what did you expect coming into the pod conference? Were there any surprises in terms of what you experienced? And maybe what's a key takeaway? that you left with at the end of the face-to-face -face conference that you attended two weeks ago. Um, Diella, I'll start with you again. Oh, muted. 
I think I wasn't sure exactly what to expect, but in the free conference workshop for new educational developers, I think going into it, I thought I will come out and I will know what everyone does and I will know what I'm supposed to do as an educational developer. And <laughs> that's not at all what happened, but it was, it was so eye-opening to realize how different everyone's roles are and how different their centers are all across the country. And I think it was a bit reassuring to see that everybody was making their own path to be able to work in the best way for their faculty and for the university or college where they are. Yeah, I think that was probably the key takeaway for me is that everybody is building their own path and I can do it too. Absolutely, I love that. Rebecca, what about you? Any surprises, any key takeaways? Um, I think that I, Diela, kind of thought there was going to be more um, information transfer, if you will. And the conference was almost more focused on connection and discussions. Um, and coming from a math background where the conferences are like 100% lecture, pretty much, I was surprised at how much discussion and then sharing out we had to do. And I was really exhausted of talking by the end of it. Absolutely. I think a lot of first-time pod people can certainly <laughs> sympathize with that. Lisa, you're you're our extrovert on the team. How did you enjoy that format? How did it compare to disciplinary conferences you've been to? I, I tend to be a conference um, junkie. I love professional development, hence my background and, and what I'm doing here at Big Yo. So I was really excited. Um, I had presented at POD many years ago, pre-COVID. So I was really excited about being a true participant. So I was expecting just exposure to different ways, different universities and institutions, colleges do things. Um, I was expecting a lot of learning and connection, sharing and collaboration and, and networking. Um I really was very excited about this sharing and purposely went after looking for mentors and other connections where when we hit a roadblock, when we get excited about doing a new experience, being able to reach out to them and bounce ideas off of each other. And I truly got that. I think my biggest surprise was just walking to breakfast one morning, bumping into another conference goer at the time who happened to then be on the board, I think it's called can't remember what it's called now. Core and committee. She, yes, the core committee. And then finding out she's offered to mentor me. And it was just this happenstance of bumping into someone, finding that kind of common ground, um, and then being able to reach out on LinkedIn and then um, her offering just to help. So that was a bonus. That was some lanyard that I hadn't experienced or I hadn't expected. Love that. So thinking about you all attended that that workshop, which is, I did that, I think 2016 was my first pod conference, I attended the two-day workshop, becoming a new educational developer. And I wanted to see what your takeaways were from that workshop. It's a two-day, what, four hours each day. It's a long, intense kind of workshop at the front end. But I just wanted to hear from you all, what was your experience of that workshop? 
what were some of the things that you valued about it? Surprises, takeaways, things that stuck out to you and you think when you're reflecting on the experience? I'll just open it up. Deal, if you want to jump in, you can, but. There was so much information in those couple of days. And so at first I was like, oh, I have to memorize all these things. I have to know everything that they're talking about. And then I realized, no, this is a sampling of different sorts of things that educational developers can do. And some of these things I realized that I knew about, and then some maybe I haven't quite gotten to yet. So it was like a preview for what my role would become is how I felt about it. Great. Lisa, Rebecca, what were your thoughts on that workshop? Yeah, there was definitely a lot of information and I have a list of things I've been meaning to look up, but haven't done it yet. And you've had two weeks, Rebecca, what are you? I know, what have I been doing? (laughs) Thanksgiving maybe, or preparing finals. I liked the framework of the four M's, which was like a structure of a way to think about who your audience is and who you're impacting Mm -hmm. at the micro, meso, macro, and mega levels. I thought that was an interesting way of organizing, yeah, who your audience is. I agree, Rebecca. It was a ton of information and and those four M's, it, it, it really gave a great framework that I, I was really excited about. I think my favorite thing um, about the new developer workshop was that it, it caused me to think of different things. As we were talking and working through all of this information, it then gave me a launch pad of items that I can bring back, that I can incorporate in my role. And so it just started me, it really sparked my thinking about, okay, getting my arms around this new role. I think also my favorite thing was our little table. We all ended up being at the same table and we then spent time together and had lunch together. And and even that the entire room of attendees, you then would see familiar faces as you went into sessions or as you went to the networking hour. And that was really helpful as a new member of POD being able to, okay, I, I, I know some people I can, I can find I don't know, it just gave a really good baseline and foundation for pod. And you all had a fourth member, if I'm not mistaken, who couldn't join us today. Who was she? Anastasia. Anastasia. Yeah, maybe we'll get some sound bites to put in here about her experience as well. Um, That would be awesome. Yeah. She's Um, incredible too. It was so much fun. And I, at the end, I'm going to ask you about that. What is, what is special about having that relationship with your core folks? I remember my very first one, I met Kate Williams from Georgia Tech, who I still will see at things and connect with her. And there's something about that, that connection you make with somebody at the first moment of a new scary learning experience where I'm trying to put my mind, put myself in the frame of our students and our faculty that we work with. There's such a powerful opportunity in those first moments when people are getting oriented. And I think talking to you all is making me reflect on, I remember exactly who I sat next to, the conversations we had. I think that's something really rich to take away as well a meta level takeaway. I wanted to talk to you more about the rest of the conference. So you went to the first two day full workshop. 
after that, you got to pick and choose your sessions. I love asking this to people and anytime we, we get together with pod folks, how do you choose which sessions to go to? And what were the ones that really stuck out to you as memorable or special or just bringing something that you never even considered was part of this work or a frame of reference? I mean, I scrolled through the app and I added all the sessions that looked interesting to my schedule, even if they conflicted. I did that ahead of time. And then like in the moment picked out of the conflicting sessions, which one I was going to go to in part based on who else was going to that session. I felt a little bit like a middle schooler, like moving in a pack, but I thought the sessions were great. Like there was no wrong choice. So I enjoyed all the sessions I went to. Was there one that stuck out to you as you're reflecting on it now that you could share a little bit about? I went to a, a chat GPT one, a workshop in a box, I think it was called. And they went over like how to gear workshops for three different levels of knowledge for people who have no chat GPT experience or rather generative AI more generally, but just to throw out that brand name there. Or then people who have a little bit of experience or people who have been using it. And it was interactive, like all the other workshops. And it was really interesting and helpful, I think. Great. Rebecca, I did the same thing before I had gotten on the app and just marked all the ones that I thought were interesting. I marked ones that I knew I needed for the weaknesses I had um, or the knowledge I, I really needed to gain. And then I also marked ones that I have an affinity for graduate assistants in incorporating students in teaching and learning um, just to see how my previous life could fit into this new role that I have. And it was really interesting. I think one of the best sessions I went to was a session where there were only five attendees in it. And so we ended up sitting at a round table and really being able to roll up our sleeves and delve into that information and learn, ask a lot of questions of each other and, and really talk about how we could incorporate that into our roles and our missions that we have. That was really, it was a lot of fun. And what was funny was Anastasia ended up walking in and sitting down and we were like two long lost friends and everybody looked at us and I was like, yeah, we met each other yesterday. So it was just, I don't know, it was, but it was even the big sessions were incredible, but even the little small sessions were great too. I did the opposite. So <laughs> you all chose your sessions beforehand. I looked through the list and there were so many that I wanted to go to that it was really overwhelming. And I was like, you know what? I'll just go and I'll see what feels right at the time. And that's where I'll go. I work with AI all the time. So I decided I would only go to one one AI session. And then I went to a session, a few sessions on things that I was interested in and wanted to learn more about. So I went to one on trauma-informed uh, pedagogy because I really wanted to know about that. And then I decided to choose a few that I knew absolutely nothing about and I didn't realize were involved in educational development. So I went to a panel about climate change, um, which I really enjoyed because I just had absolutely no idea how it was connected to educational development. And I got to hear from many different people on how it was incorporated into their work. And I love that part. So as you all were experiencing this, there was a conversation we had a couple months ago with Stacy Groters, who was the new incoming pod president. 
And she was talking about as the new leader of the pod network, one of the things that they hear a lot, the they did some consulting and looking into the pod network was that a lot of people go to the conference and they say, oh, I found my people at pod. This is where I belong. This is amazing. And that narrative is something that they hear a lot, but that also there's another, there's a lot of people who have a different narrative. They did not find their people at pod and to continually hear that narrative repeated again and again feels problematic and othering in a way. And so you all come from very different experience backgrounds, very different institution backgrounds, and also very different disciplinary backgrounds. And I'm curious about the ways in which you felt a connection to the community that you met and engaged with at pod and also ways maybe that you didn't or that you came to appreciate something maybe unique about what you're bringing to this community or a different perspective or voice? I, I, I can go first, I think, maybe. So I can see both sides of that. I wanted to be very intentional about finding and make, making connections um, and I was very purposeful and spent time in that, trying to introduce myself and meet people and ask them questions about their experience and what they do and how they do it. Um, but then there were also times where I felt like I really wasn't like everybody else because my path and my, <laughs> the way I got here is so very different. And I think for me, I had to appreciate the connections I had made and invest time in reaching out to them. I was on LinkedIn every time I met somebody connecting with them so I could maintain those connections. And then there were times where I had to take things with a grain of salt, knowing that was their experience and how they got there and that it was incredible. And maybe there was a large collective that thought that way or had that experience and those things in common, but it was just different than mine. And, and that two opposite things can exist in the same space. I met one, one person um, that actually was from Auburn. And I think what helped me the most was going into pod with a mindset of, I'm here to learn, I'm here to experience, I'm here to grow. And just taking all the different things in, but also knowing we're all not the same and, and that's okay. It felt like in many ways, <clears throat> being at pod, being a super introvert, being a super introvert at pod <laughs> was really challenging in a lot of ways, but I think I went in with the mindset that I'm going to try to do everything. I'm going to try to experience everything and just dive in and do it. I was there at the PowerPoint karaoke with Rebecca, and then we were at the regular karaoke and the dance party. And yes, we were huddled around a table and not singing or dancing, we were there and part of the experience. So I think that makes a big difference is if you just jump in and just do it. I think it really helps you to build those connections because sometimes you're just in the right place at the right time or sitting at the right table or to meet some really interesting and amazing people, but you never will if you're not present. 
I had so much fun standing around <laughs> that table and like watching other people sing karaoke and do the karaoke PowerPoint because I was with you in Anastasia, but it wouldn't have been fun if I had been standing there by myself. So I felt really lucky. I might be jumping ahead here, but Diella and I were both wandering around the empty convention center before the convention started. We were like lost. And I think the security guard told us to follow each other, maybe something <laughs> like that. And so we got to know each other before the session started. And I also consider myself an introvert, although I call myself a, an introvert who likes to socialize. So I, I get overwhelmed easily, but it was nice to feel like I had people there I could hang out with, even if I didn't want to be the person singing the karaoke. So, yeah. Rebecca, you've got, y'all got, you and Yella have to tell that story at some point. And then how it like how then we ended up at the same table, then how Lindsay and the whole thing is such an incredible story. And I think that's just a really good example of what Diella said of just showing up and being open to things and then how great things can happen that you just didn't even expect. Let's dig into it. Let's hear the story. <laughs> so one of my colleagues his sister-in-law is Lindsay, who's oh, here. Ah, that, that story. story. Yes. <laughs> and so Lindsay was coming to visit our campus just out of kindness and because of who her brother-in-law is. And so I ran into Diella. And as I mentioned, we were wandering around lost and to make some small talk. I was like, where are you from? And she's Auburn University. I was like, Auburn, really? Do you know Lindsay? And she's, do I know Lindsay? Of course I know Lindsay. And so then we just took it from there. A really small world that the first person I met at Pod was Lindsay's colleague. And it was very disorienting to me to walk into your institution to, to present to your faculty. I just met the LM Lisa at Pod. <laughs> I was like, surprise. <laughs> Going back to the start of that story, though. So you both were lost in a convention. Was it a lack of signage? Is this some feedback for the pod organizers or are you all what what happened that led to you wandering the hotels well, lost yeah, might be a strong word <laughs> i think we went in the wrong entrance both of us went in like the west entrance instead of the east entrance and the security guard let us go in is that correct diella yes and i would love to say i think the problem is signage but really i couldn't figure out how to get into the building <laughs> So that may be more me than Pod. There may have been some jet lag involved. Yes, but we were absolutely in the wrong tower. And then when we were, were in the correct tower, the security guard told me to go to the second floor and I would be able to see everything. That was not correct. I sit down at the table and Diela's and then she tells the story of... So I was just following Rebecca, thinking she might be. The way you told it, Dale, it was hysterical. I love it. Yeah, that was the first story that I heard when we got back from the break from Diela. And I love it as a metaphor for the pod conference itself. You go in expecting something. It's not where you thought. It's not <laughs> who you thought. It's But also, it creates that that memory coming into something with an expectation and then having it subverted in all these different kinds of ways is 
and not something that we get to experience a lot, especially in our disciplines where we are experts, but getting into a conference like pod where we're all kind of expert in a way, but not really, there's no, here is the one that everyone must listen to and follow. And I think hearing the way that you all have interacted with these opportunities in different ways, it, it highlights that it's, it suggests that. Is there anything you expected to learn or experience as you're reflecting again on your conference going experience, but didn't something you missed or thought it would be, but, or turned out differently than you expected? One of the things that we were talking about this yesterday, Lindsay, that I really wanted to know, there was no place for it in the sessions that I went to or in the pre-conference workshop, but I just wanted to know what everybody does every day, mm-hmm. <laughs> what all the educational developers do every day, because it seems so different and also a good opportunity to find out what is possible for educational developers to do. Yeah, I agree. I would have loved a little panel of just various roles and what it looks like. And I don't know, just to be able to say, I do this and it looks like this for me, but I do this and it looks like this. And just to be able just to get my arms around to your point, what what could it look like? What does it look like? And then just take that, just that basic foundational information. We can't create that in the experience itself but for those listening Rebecca what does your day look like what does my day look like give us a snapshot usually so I'm, I'm teaching two classes this semester plus I have an independent study usually I, I answer emails and then I go and teach class and then if there's a faculty development workshop that day that's usually an hour at noon so there's maybe like a little bit of setup for it do the workshop the clean up afterwards, including sending out any of the materials. Then I teach an afternoon class and there may be a meeting with somebody about something. There's always meetings, right? Uh, I guess that pretty much covers my days. Yellow, what about you? What does your day look like? Every day is a little different, but today, let's see. A lot of emails a lot of work with teaching with AI course, meeting about another course and working on that, being interviewed for a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And then this afternoon, there's a town hall for non-tenure track faculty that I'll attend. Lots of different things. Liesl, what's your day look like today? Let's see. Um, Taught this morning and getting grading final capstone papers and um, trying to get grades in and answering panicked students. But then the other side of it for me, especially coming away from pod, is I now am putting together my professional and personal development plan that I'm hoping to share with you, Lindsay, shortly. Um, this is what I think I can bring to Biggio, and this is what I think my role really could look like. And and so it really, Pod helped me understand that and get my arms around it and really understand what my strengths are and what I can bring that will that's unique. 
And as you all are sharing that, and I knew we were going to have this conversation. So I was reflecting on what does my day look like? I had two meetings this morning, both of which were frustrating to me for different reasons. And it's making me realize like I'm in the growth period from being the new person who is accepted into any initiative with open arms to being a kind of set people know what they're getting with me because we've done so much work together, the different units and faculty and stuff, and where I'm feeling like a different kind of sense of resistance in some ways, where I used to feel more of a green light, to quote Matthew McConaughey. in in these different situations and reflect thinking of your experience there at the pod conference is making me think about when I was new like anything is possible there's just so many ideas and opportunities and we can try all these things and now I was telling Lisa and Dila the other day forgive me if I'm saying no as you bring up new ideas keep pushing keep sharing I'm not but it's also all this like context and experiential context that I bring into a a conversation, which is helping me see my own growth, talking to you all about this new experience you're having. One thing that really helped me put things together, I think somebody said it at the first pod conference, they're like, don't get overwhelmed with all the individual ideas and frameworks and references and approaches to pedagogy and all of these things. Think about it as a grocery store. You got maybe 10 or 12 main aisles And within the aisles, there's all the stuff all over the place. Find the aisles where you want to spend your time and invest in that rather than trying to figure out every possible thing. Because it does, it does feel very intimidating to move into a new field of expertise and feel not like the expert in it. I've got all this literature I have to read and all of these theories and things that I think that's a really normal experience on the front end and figure out. There's more similarities than differences in all of the approaches that most folks are putting forward and to just lean into the ones that you feel strongly about and do those well and don't try to be everything to everyone or every reference or approach. The last thing I wanted to to ask you about is, again, this relationship, this connection that you all form sitting at a table together in this new workshop for new developers. Um, What was the value of that connection? You've spoken a little bit to that, but if you think more broadly in terms of your role in your institutions, like how do you bring what you experienced as a new developer into the work that you do with faculty? Or how do you seize on those moments of new connection to make the learning, the experience more powerful? I love Dale's face right now. She's like, what? Oh, I feel like, <laughs> I know we're all like, mm-hmm. <laughs> tough question. But I feel like, honestly, it's sharing that experience with others so that they know it's just, it, it's organic. It's when you, all of, I think all of us came to it with open minds and open hearts and open to the possibilities. And we're all very different, all of our experiences and our fields, but at the same time, what a close group um, we became. And 
And we're even talking about field trips that we're going to load up and then we're going to go to New York and we're going to go to Wilmington to see Anastasia and I know 2024. I know exactly. We're going to borrow the RV, but I, and I think that is just sharing that experience of what really can be so that people then know it, it doesn't have to be this formal process. We had an experience. We sat down at the first night dinner at the table and across from us sat down a gentleman and I immediately recognized his name. He actually retired from Auburn and I quoted him, cited him three times in my dissertation and I completely fangirled out and here had to go all the way to Pittsburgh to meet this gentleman that I just love his research and what he's done. I then had a conversation with him one-on-one the next day. And Lindsay, he is the grandfather of the things that we're doing of our PFF and of our new faculty scholars program. So I'm guessing it was Jim Grocha. It was, it was, and he's going to be in Auburn in January. So anyway, so it was just a full circle moment for me of helping with these things, but then actually meeting him in person and being able to talk about it. I don't know. I think that those just being open to the possibilities. Tiela has a great saying about it is you have to be there and show up to be able to have those experiences. I think that's the key of just talking about what happened. And how great it was. So the last thing, and I know, Rebecca, you've got to run off to teach and you, the rest of you just shared your busy days with us. So I won't keep you too much longer. What advice could you share with the conference planners, the pod core committee to improve the experience for other new developers? Or if you prefer, what advice would you give to somebody coming in for the first time next year to maximize the experience? I don't know if I just missed this. There were definitely labels on the sessions that were like it was for new faculty developers or things like that. But also it would be helpful if there were labels that said like beginner or expert on the subject matter rather than if you were like a new or veteran faculty developer. I know I went to one session where they just, they started like up here at 10 and I was at zero. So I spent most of it feeling lost and couldn't really contribute to any of those discussions that I hadn't been expecting. And they were like, get into small groups and share. And I was like, I have nothing to share. And I heard from someone else who went to a session where she considered herself an expert and she thought that's where they were going to start, but it was all like intro level. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that I like that suggestion to think about the subject matter expertise or the topic expertise as opposed to the years of being in a particular role. One of the things that I really appreciated in the new educational developer workshop, they gave us the this uh, map to map out our roles. And we just had a short amount of time to start working on it. And in that moment, they told us to put time on your calendar in a few weeks, do it right now. And they paused the workshop and gave us a minute to do that. And I really appreciated that because there is so much to learn and absorb in that session, but in every session that you attend in the conference. So I think being purposeful about making time after the conference to go back and review 
those sessions and what you learned and then really figure out what you could take away. Because in the moment, I wanted to take away everything. But now that I'm back in reality <clears throat> and at work, I realize that I'm really going to have to pick and choose. So making the time to go back and be able to do that. I feel like I enjoyed the variety. It seemed like sometimes there were several sessions about the same topics. And so then I found myself going like, oh, Diello was saying, okay, I'll go to one or two, but I need to really stretch myself in other ways instead of going to session after session on the same topic. And the, I think the variety just really helps because it does look so different. And so the more variety, I think the better. And even though I was not one of the new developers this time, I would say my advice for folks is join that pod buddy program, either as a mentor, if you're coming back for a second time or as a new pod person, because that gives you a built-in connection or at least the apparatus to create that bonding connection with somebody who is either new or experienced and find that mentorship or relationship building. I still have relationships with my pod buddies over the years, both as mentee and mentor. And that's been really, it's been wonderful. Thank you all for joining us to reflect on your experience. I would also, of course, invite you and encourage you and anyone else listening to follow up with the people you met at pod, those relationships can be really powerful when you're running into just needing some fresh ideas or if you're struggling with something, getting faculty to show up, getting faculty to whatever the goals and the situation context that you're experiencing. That's another great way to leverage the power of this network to improve the work that you're doing in your own context. Well, thank right. you for having us. Thank, thank you. you. Thank y'all. So Rebecca had to pop out, but I did have one final, very important, hard-hitting question. What song will you sing at PowerPoint Karaoke at Pod Chicago next year? Diella? I got to think about it. But, okay, I didn't realize that the PowerPoint Karaoke was where they narrated the PowerPoints. Maybe instead of singing a song, which would be unfortunate for everyone, <laughs> instead, I'll try doing the PowerPoint narration, which was really fun and super funny. So they just pop up a slideshow and you have to narrate it? Yeah. And they change every like 30 seconds to random images and words. And so you glance back, see what it is, and then you perform. And you have 10 slides to go through. All right, exactly. this is going to be a new central feature of our weekly staff meetings. <laughs> uh, oh. Okay, Lisa, what about you, our extrovert? What song are you singing next year oh, for everyone? Gosh, I don't sing karaoke because social media is a thing, and I don't want anything that bad to be out there forever. But I tend to be a backup singer or I will dance to y'all singing so I think if we do a song then each teaching and learning center should do one together so we should come up with one the three of us I love this idea this is <laughs> Lindsay you get to be the front runner <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of a song that would capture our ethos as a, a institution for higher learning and educational development. Walking on sunshine. There you go. We are the champions. <laughs> Raindrops keep falling on my head. Depends on the day. Okay. Thank you folks for playing along and thanks for sharing your perspective. This is really valuable, certainly to me, but I think a lot of folks in our community are going to benefit from your reflections on that experience. It truly was absolutely wonderful, both for the personal aspect of just being able to giggle and cut up and socialize with other people that have the same passions and values that you do. Um, but then also the professional aspect of it, of learning and growing and hearing and just being able to really look at what am I doing? How am I doing it? What can I do better? What do I want to do? And so I just really appreciate that aspect of the conference. Mm -hmm.